0: Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Mariko, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right
1: now. Broadcast to you from the Office Pride Annual Retreat. We're so excited to be here capturing some really cool stories.
2: That's right, Jim. So I know that our listeners have heard over the months and the um, years, we've actually had Office Pride as a sponsor of our show for quite a while, and we believe in so many things that they're doing, and um, it's exciting to be here, get to meet some franchise owners, hear their stories, and share that with our listeners. So that's really what today is all about to just be inspired, encouraged, challenged, whatever it might be that's ahead with our
1: conversation. And we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. We always love to capture, get the story. So we've got a listener line set up just for you. Mm -hmm. 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK.
2: That's right. So give it a call. Leave us a message. You can do that any hour of the day or night. We know some people listen to um, the podcast maybe late at night, Jim, and um, don't get the opportunity. You know, they think, oh, I can't call. They're probably sleeping because I just got off of my shift or whatever. But um, but no, it is a uh, designated listener line. So please leave us a message. We'd love to hear from is you. Is it a
1: designated one or a dedicated one? Which one is it? Well,
2: it's both maybe. It is probably I don't both. know.
1: Okay. But, it's, but you listen to
2: it. <laughs> All it is is a phone number. <laughs> no, we'd love to hear from you. 866-713-WORK. And leave me a message. I can call you back. We can
1: chat. If you're a wanted criminal, though, they do record it. and I'm sure the NSA is probably listening.
2: I have no idea. We I watched, don't even we want to We watch way about too much that. TV. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. 866-713-WORK. And again, always check out iWorkforM.com for the latest. I work the number for him.com. You know, not everyone is a gift of being an entrepreneur, but everyone is called to work. God created work on purpose. You know, not every entrepreneur has the training to live out their faith as they run their business. But now because of all the ministries that we've uncovered across the country, that kind of training is available to everyone. And not every entrepreneur wants to run a commercial cleaning franchise, but some have chosen to do so. Today, we're going to hear from Scott Gibson, who runs an Office Pride commercial cleaning services franchise in Indianapolis, and we're going to hear his story and talk about some of the things that he's learned so far in connecting his faith to his office cleaning business. So God is part of just hearing about how God is part of all of his life. Scott Gibson, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. We're excited to have you here. You know, Scott, we do this with uh, every guest, just helping our listeners to know, get to know our guests a little bit better. How did you become a Jesus follower? Well, I was in high school, um,
0: May of 1981. I went to Evangelical Free Church in Taylorville, and we had a great pastor there named Noah Palmer. He was a young man. Um, He was actually volunteering as a football coach for the high school, unpaid. So that put him in touch with a lot of us in the high school, and it was real neat how he kind of brought us in and really helped us develop a community, and it grew from there there was a group of us that didn't know each other in high school, but he brought us together and we formed our own clique. And it was really neat. And it kind of grew from there. And um, it led to me being baptized and accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. How
1: old were you then? 16. I, I love the fact that it was part of your high school. You had a guy just investing in your life yeah. and that investment in your life was so powerful. It was. It I mean, that really makes was. such a big difference. So what about that connection between your faith and your work? when was it you realized that god cared as much about your work whether it's as a franchise owner or what you did beforehand as he does of that as a pastor or a missionary when did you realize that god loves the work that he created you to do well when
0: when i started looking to become a franchise owner i wasn't necessarily looking for a biblically based um franchise i didn't know they existed i worked in corporate america in the insurance industry and and each year they they put more and more constrictions on what we could talk about, how we could counsel people. And when you have a, a crew working for you and eventually they become younger than you and they're looking for guidance and you can't bring the guide equation into it in a corporate America um, without... Uh, fearing for loss of your job so i got tired of those constraints but i didn't um when when i started looking for a business my motivation was to build something for my future and for my family and to hand off to my daughter Mm -hmm. i had a hunting buddy um who i actually met in the insurance industry who uh whose brother-in-law was todd's um, at Office Pride's operations manager. And that's how I. <laughs> oh, got so brought Scott in.
1: Ramsey? You connected that No, connected? It no. Goes
0: further back than that. Wow. Yeah. And um, so when I went on the website and started reading the um, core values, mm-hmm. you know, persevere with the servant's attitude and all of them, it just really rang out to me if you're going to do this, this is who you need to do it with. Because I didn't realize the Bible had so much to say about how to run a business. And how to how to handle your money? Even you know, if you read Proverbs, it's an instruction manual of how to live your life in a godly way. And it's amazing that you can do that and share it with your employees in this environment.
2: You know, that's an interesting thing when you said, "I don't, re- I didn't realize what the Bible really had to say about that." Why do you think we have such blinders on to that?
0: I don't know. You know, I think we kind of get in a rut. And um a routine um, in our in our Sunday worship, mm. I think in the small groups and the Bible studies, um, if your church is lucky enough to have those, you get a little bit deeper into the word but but it has very little more so. It has more relevance now than it did five years ago, but mm-hmm. there were very few conversations about how to handle your faith in the workplace. It was more, you know, just focusing on yourself. and And as my walk matures, and especially with being involved in office pride, you find out you invest in people. And then that glorifies
1: God. And that is the, the big eye-opener for me, and that's what gets me up each day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you said you had a career in the insurance business before you got yeah. into being an Office Pride commercial cleaning franchise owner. Talk about that. You said you didn't realize. So do you, did you have people reporting to you in the, in the insurance business? I did, yeah. Like how many?
0: Um, at one point, I had 100.
1: 100 people. Yeah. Wow. And and you'd never had the training for anybody to tell you that. Wow, they like you were their pastor. You had the opportunity. Nobody ever told you that. Nobody ever told you the significance of your position.
0: No, and as a matter of fact, we were told that we couldn't bring the question. Okay, but that's the the corporate people told you that.
1: But but nobody at church. You never ever heard how significant your position was. I didn't.
0: No. How sad is that? It is. You know, and and I really learned that here at Office Pride listening to Todd speak and our my area developer, Julie Hirschhauer, that's what they're all about. And that's how they mentor us and that and that um, gets passed on.
2: So do you find that coming up in conversations with um, your friends and people within, you know, your four walls church, your small group, whatever, where you're able to speak that into them and, and encourage them in that way as well?
0: I am. And, you know, I have some friends that aren't saved. Um, mm-hmm. And when you start talking about your core values, it's kind of like they got slapped across the face with a slice of water. You know, they weren't expecting that. And then that brings on more opportunities to talk about your faith and what Jesus means to us. And it's more than just escaping hell. It's about having mm-hmm. a relationship with him.
1: Living life to its fullest. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus said, I came, not, you know, n- so that you might have life and live it to its fullest. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. just so, it wasn't just a fire insurance check. Exactly. Although you were in the insurance business, so it's nice to write a fire insurance check yes. when you need one. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, I, I, I want you to talk to the audience because there are so many people that are, were, are in a position today that are just like you, middle management. I'm assuming you didn't own the insurance company that nope. you worked for. All right, mm-hmm. so middle management. Yet a lot of people reporting to you. You saw that those people, what was the condition of those people? What, what, was, the, what was the condition of their hearts? Of those people that were reported to you
0: in the uh, insurance 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 insurance. business, Mm -hmm. yeah. I I think they lacked joy. It it was more of, you know, coming to the sawmill to complete your tasks and go home. Mm -hmm. There was no joy in the work product, Um, there was um, not much joy in the relationships either. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just kind of sitting in your cube, um, chumming away, and
1: then going home. So these are hurting people. They are, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, and and so your role. I just want to make sure people hear it. I mean, the role that you had as a manager over those people, even though they told you that you couldn't mention Jesus, but there were so many things you could have done. Yeah, like pray for him. Absolutely, uh, you could have encouraged them. There's a lot of things you could have done. Uh, maybe you could write a book on that. Here's the things I could have done if I had known <laughs> it was. Yeah. If I had known how significant my work was. Right. Now you're an Office Pride franchisee today, and you've got how many different employees do you have today? Thirty-five. So thirty-five people. Now you have a perspective, though. Mm-hmm.
2: So Scott, you were telling us that um, you before you um, started owning the the office Pride franchisee you, or franchise, you were in insurance. You had a hundred people at one point reporting to you, yet you didn't have that perspective yet of um, what you really how you could feed into those people with the gospel without really even pronouncing the gospel. Mm-hmm. But now that you have thirty five employees, that work under you. Wh- how has that perspective changed, and what are some of the things you see happen as you interact with your employees?
0: With the employees I currently have, you know, we don't pay a living wage. Our, the purpose of our job is to provide additional income to pay off um, personal debt mm-hmm. or to cover chi- um, their child's sporting events, that type of thing. So extras. Yes. So it's, And it's important um, because it's not an easy job it's important to keep that why, their why, in front of them all the time to keep them motivated. Mm. Um, and and that that has a, a dramatic effect all across the board because, you know, one of the books I'm reading now is Amaze Every Customer Every Time, and, and the internal customer experience determines the external customer experience. So not only do you want them to be happy, um, you, you want them to – you want them to be happy to perform well, but you also want them to be happy to be fulfilled. Mm. And when I'm meeting with them, I always ask about their why. So that's one of the things we talk about on the onboarding, and that's something I talk about them when I'm texting them or speaking to them on the phone.
1: So what are some of the whys? Talk about the whys. Um, why, why, why are they taking a part-time job, making 10 $12 bucks an hour, uh, working for office Pride?
0: Credit card debt is the main one. Um, pay off a car say, for their chil- child's college, um, pay off medical debt. A lot of the people come back to us when they're re-entering the workforce after taking care of a family member that's um, had health problems. Hmm.
2: So um, so when you're talking to them about the why and trying to keep that in front of them, it you know, I don't want people to think it's like, um, you know, motivating them for the wrong reason, but but reminding them why are you doing this extra effort and things like that what yeah. what kinds of things do you say to them to encourage them along the way
0: well i'll always ask them about their child or whoever they're there f- there to help financially mm-hmm. And then ask for a status on how things are going. Um, ask them how they're doing on their goal of paying off that credit card. You write it down somewhere because how could you remember all that stuff? Well, you know, it's amazing how you do remember it once, once you've made the conscious effort and pray about it. Because God will keep <laughs> it in your mind. Um and, and it's that important to, mm-hmm. to develop the relationship because otherwise they're just an employee. You don't have a relationship with them. And then that, then that sometimes leads to them calling and asking for encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a trend out there where um, you'll see someone's taking a little bit longer to, to get done with the cleaning and that shouldn't happen. And a lot of times I think that they do that subconsciously in order to get you to go out and work with them so they can spend a little face time uh-huh. with you. And the millennials especially want a lot of face time mm-hmm. with the managers compared to um, my generation.
2: Interesting. So then, ha- so then how are you addressing that then?
0: I go out and spend the time. Yeah. You know, y- you don't want to, but one of our core values is persevere with the servant's attitude. And, and that can mean going out and and cleaning with somebody when you don't want to but you're doing it for the right reason or it could mean that you really don't feel like covering that that cleaning that someone called off on but you you know you just dedicate that to the lord lord i don't
1: want to be here but i want to glorify you and what i'm getting ready to do do a really good job doing yeah. it that's for sure so oh. You, did you grow up in an entrepreneurial family? I didn't. No. So, you didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial family. You worked within a big insurance company. Um, what was your what, what department were you in in the insurance? Claims. Company? So, you're in claims department. So, personalized claims or commercial claims? Both. Both? Well, wow, okay. Yeah. All right. So, you're you're in the middle of a massive organization that had really hundreds, tens of thousands of employees for sure. How did you figure out that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Well, initially, I
0: in corporate america, you know, they cut your staff by 60% but they increase your goals by 40%. Mm. That's frustrating. <laughs> Without any rationale. They know you can't Everybody hit it. Everybody listening is going, "Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> before." <laughs> so, you know, I thought initially my motivation was I want to be my own boss. Well, what I what I learned that means after having this, you have if you have 100 customers, you have 100 bosses.
1: Yeah. So you're always <laughs> going to have
0: a master. And it just depends on what environment you're in on how, how you can deal with and manage that master. Because, you know, you have to manage your boss as well as your people. Yeah, you do. Yeah.
1: So you didn't know what it was like to run a business then? No, I had no idea. So how did you go about choosing office? Product? I mean, I think you made a phenomenal choice because they will teach you how to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But how did you find, uh, I mean, I mean you, had a, you had a lot of things to choose from. Yeah. I mean, franchises, there's thousands of them. Mm-hmm. I looked at um, hot
0: dog franchises. I looked at um, uh, carpet cleaning franchises. And I was led to this one by uh, a good friend of mine who I hunt with. Um, He had a relative in the Office Pride organization put me in touch with the the website. And when I read it, I knew that was it. I had no doubt.
1: So you didn't spend a lot of time looking at other places. Well,
0: I did. I looked for about five years. I even ordered samples of the meat. From um, different organizations that mm-hmm. I was looking to open those up, but then when I saw the high failure rate of restaurants,
1: that really scared me. Whew. And restaurant business, yeah. you think You think office cleaning is or, yeah. or commercial cleaning is tough? Restaurants, yeah. It's even tougher. Yeah, and you know,
2: with but the test tasting of meat. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be fun. So that was fun. Whole taste testing meat. Oh, we, we got to cook some meat. Yeah. <laughs> well Somebody's
0: got to do it. <laughs> but you know, the the organization Todd has set up, uh, you get the A through Z training on on all aspects of, and it gets better every year, but all aspects of running a business, um, recruiting, training, um, building relationships with your customers, sales, it's all-inclusive and it's amazing.
2: You know, I was just thinking about back to um, classes I took in college and if they'd have been practical... You know, how wonderful that would have been in just the help of, okay, this is really how you can do it. You know, everything was ethereal. And that's really what, what um, Todd Hopkins with Office Pride has done is said, you know what, here's some really great practices. This is good management. This is good marketing. This is good hiring, good firing, whatever it might be. And, and really help people put it together. And that's yeah. the beauty of a franchise.
1: So how, I mean, when you learned, Scott Gibson, about how to be an entrepreneur, how much of that was biblical training? Because well, there's a lot. The Bible's got a lot to
0: say about it. It does. Mm.
1: And, you know, I'm just learning
0: now what is in the Bible. How many ahead. years has it been that you've been a franchisee? I started in 2011, January cool. of 2011. So a lot of years already. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in in Todd's books... Everything is biblically based. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that, that mean something. Those are the things that take root. You know, it's like planting a seed, I guess, is the analogy the Bible uses, that grow in you. Right. And, you know, if you start your day in the Word each day, your day goes so much better. Because you, you've, you've taken the time to have that quiet time with the Lord and Savior, and He counsels you. You know, and he also tells you you're not alone. And that's one thing that, that Office Pride really preaches. You need a group of people, you know, your, mm. own, s- your own board of directors mm-hmm. um, that you can run things by because you'll make better decisions. And I've found that the decisions I've made on my own have been the worst <laughs> decisions, yes. uh, especially early on. So
2: what does that mean, having a board of directors of your own? What's that
0: look like? Well, you know, it's friends or confidants. Um, I want them to be believers, um, because you can sit down and prayerfully consider the, the, the issue that you're trying to decide what to do.
2: So do you gather them for a board meeting? Or? Uh, by, it's by phone. Okay.
0: Yeah, and th- we all live in different parts of the yeah. country, Yeah. But, and a lot of them are franchise owners. you know. And Todd's only a phone call away, and I have mm-hmm. Julie, my, my area developer, She's she's a phone call or text or email. So
1: locally, there in Greenwood, Indiana, do you have other Christian business owners and leaders that you hang out with in order to build a? Yeah, even get together and just pray together because you guys are all experiencing the same thing. Yeah, we
0: have peer groups um, that we meet once a month. And then the that's something that you've organized, or no? Office Pride has okay. And then um, the the local folks. You know, uh, Chris Middleton is our largest uh, mm-hmm. franchise owner in that area, and um, I can always lean on him. Um, w- my Armando Ascension, who used to be my um, general manager, is now a franchise owner. He's always there for me. So it's really um, the group that was in my training group that I talked to the most. But that's all Office Pride
1: guys. Yeah, but you're in a town with. <laughs> probably hundreds and hundreds of christian business owners do you ever get a chance to get a, to gather with some of them i don't no. Huh. no nope, but i should i mean i'm just wondering i mean it just yeah. i mean indianapolis is full of some phenomenal people and truth at work is based yeah. out of indianapolis so you got a lot of christian business owners that are being mentored and discipled but at least you're part
2: of an organization that yeah, that's has true. those other people yeah. you know the people that are alone they're you know out there as an island all by themselves they're the ones we really need to encourage to to seek out there's other people that they can be with
1: so uh, Scott Gibson it's not it is not impossible to be somebody that's never been an entrepreneur it's not impossible to become an entrepreneur well, Office Pride made it possible for you that's right you there's know, a lot of
2: neg- d- double, that was confusing
1: okay so if you've ever if, you, <laughs> if you're if you're stuck in middle management and you have, have a dream of being an entrepreneur Office Pride makes it possible there with you that. go is that better that was great alright you're listening to I Work for <laughs> him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg we're so excited to be highlighting the story of Scott Gibson from Indianapolis, Indiana, he happens to be an Office Pride franchisee. Uh, Scott and his wife Fortuna and their daughter, the 21 year old daughter, live in Greenwood, Indiana. And you've been a franchisee, with, you said with Office Pride. This is you're going on nine years. Yeah. How has it? What's been the biggest struggle for you? Staffing. It's,
0: it's very difficult, especially in the last um, three or four years. When the economy's been yeah. so good and people yeah. have good jobs. So we're, we're, one of the things that we're focusing on here at the retreat on is how to attack that. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Curious Jane is, uh, is helping with our, um, inter, inter, or our websites and, and Career Plug with our um, applications, getting those in front of people. So we're going to learn how to, uh, to win.
1: Well, and and it is—it's a struggle. We hear business owners from across the country talking about it's hard to hire people right now because people are not hungry, right? Because the economy is so good, uh, which is which is fantastic. It is, but we never thought about the fact that that would make it so that people didn't want part-time jobs, and that's really you give people part-time jobs to help them take care of what did you call them? Uh, They got projects to work on. Why? They're
2: They're why. why. Mm -hmm. They're why
1: they need a part-time job. You know,
2: one of the things we've heard from um, Office Pride franchisees over the um, time that we've been interviewing you all is this whole idea that employees really have no idea how um, a great culture can impact a part-time job. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to convince them of that a little bit. How do you do that as as you're trying to hire people? I know you're hoping to learn more at the retreat about that, but yeah. as you've been hiring people and working with them, how do you show them that it's going to be different.
0: You know, it's it's difficult to create that um, community because mm-hmm. everyone, it works remotely. Our, our ah. accounts, our, our customers are spread out all over the place. And, you know, each individual person usually cleans alone. So there's very little opportunity to bring them together. And logistically, it's difficult because, uh, you know, a lot of them have full-time day jobs. Our, our ideal demographic is someone with yeah. a full-time day job looking for extra work. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of those are stay-at-home moms that just work in the evening. So it's that's a challenge that, that we're constantly trying to
1: find ways around. And I don't have an answer for mm-hmm. that. I wish I did. Well, I mean, I've got to believe your reputation has got to help you um, hire people. I mean, because if... I mean, And really, you got to start... I mean, are your employees typically older than 21 or can you hit college students i mean you get the chance to i mean there's a big demographic that needs work all the time yeah um i haven't tapped into the college
0: demographic um i know some folks that have and they've had success with it it's uh, but you know our problem is turnover and people especially millennials they'll get bored so we have to find a way to engage them more because that's our core workforce now typically are the easiest folks um to manage are probably folks 35 or older um they don't want they don't need a lot of interaction and they have pretty good work ethics if we vet them correctly am mm-hmm. um, going through the interview process but it's it's we we need to learn more about what motivates a millennial and getting to their why sometimes they don't know their why mm-hmm. um I, I saw a study where um it said that millennials were more motivated by unpaid days off than they they were a raise or a bonus, mm-hmm. and that's completely different than than what we're used to. Well, I mean,
1: it it is they just have a different perspective on yeah. life, and it's not categorical, but it, there there is a a trend there for sure.
2: So well, they've all seen us and and as the older generation and said, man, they're just burning themselves out, <laughs> you know, and they hear us complain and say, well, I want to be different. So um, with that, I just have a question, because as you are um, then interacting with your new employees, you know, you said you, you'll see a trend, maybe they're taking a little longer to do a job, and so you go and spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, you know, if their why is to pay off debt... But yet they don't really know how to do that. I mean, do you ever find that you're kind of needing to step into even a bigger role with your employees and really encourage them with what that might look like? Because if they're yeah. increasing their spending, they're not going to get that debt paid
0: off. Right. You know, we've uh, I put myself out there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book out there called Dream Maker, I believe. Okay. Um, that mm-hmm. focused on that, and it was a project run by a large janitorial company in Ohio, Mm -hmm. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And some folks did toy around with that and hired a dream manager and um, didn't have long-term success with it, but they did have short-term
1: success with it. Okay. So talk to me about, you you said, okay, having a hard time hiring people. Retention's always an issue when you're hiring part-time people. Mm -hmm. How, what what role does the Holy Spirit play in helping you? And you also said that you've, the decisions that you make are the worst ones you've made. How do you incorporate accessing the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in what you do on a daily basis?
0: I pray to the Holy Spirit for its intercessory prayer on my behalf, because I know that it prays and wails and moans that, that only the Holy Spirit can. And that encouragement that the Holy Spirit gives me is what keeps me going. Because if you have you know, four or five people call off, you know you're covering those shifts if you don't have a backup for that night. And that can be do, um, draining. Oh, yeah. But, but I wake up every morning with a positive attitude, and I just um, take the day as it comes, and I know the Lord is there with me. He already knows what I need. I just have to ask him. Hmm.
1: And if I show up, he takes care of it. Hmm. I love that. I just know that a lot of people think, well, if you don't know what to do, what do you do? But God's got the answers. He Don't does. just ask Him. Yeah. That's just a really important thing.
2: So let's talk a little bit about the kind of training you get as a franchise owner that um, – Maybe outside of this whole conversation of hiring and things like that, and um, helping you in your business, you said that you you came from corporate America, first time an entrepreneur, things like that. Talk to our listeners about um, what you what what other kinds of training you have gotten.
0: Well, the initial training um, takes you through all of the um, business models that you need to get started. Hmm. And then you have, um, in most areas, you have an area developer who is your business coach. And that business coach is there to help you um, on a, from a high level um, because initially you're in the weeds. You, you don't know yeah. what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So the area developer is able to take a sky view of that and say, uh, and one of the first recommendations is you need to start placing buffers in. So you need people to step in when people call off, so you don't have to. That way, you we want eighty to ninety percent of our um, activity to be income producing, because you want to grow. But if you're spending all of your time covering open cleanings, then you mm. you're just in the weeds, and you're exhausted too because yeah, you're absolutely. working nights. Yeah.
2: And I was just going to ask that then. So how do you translate that into you know prote- you work a lot? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're building a business, it takes work. Um, how are you protecting yourself and, and ultimately being that example for your employees as well um, in your marriage, in your family life, and your own walk with the Lord?
0: You know, I have, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a couple of people that I can depend on. And, and I'm more vulnerable with them. Um, I'm more open with them on how I'm feeling than I would be with a frontline employee. Mm-hmm. And they get that. And they've been with me for years. So I'm able to lean on them as I am this week. He's filling in for me so I can be here and,
1: and be refreshed and learn.
2: Because you're not in the business this right. week. You're learning about how to
0: grow the exactly. business.
1: So how do you protect your marriage with Fortuna? Uh, how do you protect your marriage from the, the attacks of the business?
0: Well, my wife is uh, a first-generation Italian-American and they work. <laughs> so working long hours is, noth- is expected. It's not revered, so. Um, but but she does see the toll it takes on me, mm-hmm. and the toll it takes on her. I didn't anticipate that, you know. When when you're stepping out of that that comfort zone of you know a nice salary and and vacation days, and you don't have that anymore, and you don't have health insurance. Um, there's a certain level of security that that they grow accustomed to, your spouse, and that they need. So you have to find a way to provide that. And she has been wonderful uh, and supportive. And she will step in when I need help on cleanings and stuff. But she has a full-time job and a career as well. So I can't really expect that on a continuous basis. Mm-hmm. But it's, be- it's only because of her support that I'm able to do this. And she sees the why and she sees the, uh,
1: the vision down the line of someday selling. Well, you run an incredible business tree there out of Greenwood, Indiana. I mean, touching the lives of 35 people who means you're touching the lives of 35 families uh, each and every day by providing them extra income and really things that will cause them to flourish. I mean, if you can get people, help people get out of debt, help people save up, help people pay off medical bills. I mean, those are things that you're giving people the opportunity to just bring peace into their lives. You said you had a 21-year-old daughter. So when you started this franchise business, she was 13-ish. Yeah. How did you make sure that the business didn't take you away from your daughter who needed you most? I was lucky enough that most of my cleanings
0: were in the evening. So um, I could go about the time she was going to bed. So I was always there for her. And she would go out with me on the weekends sometimes mm-hmm. and, and um, along with my wife. And so she, kinda, she liked it at that time. But then has gotten away from it now, I'm hoping that um, maybe down the line she. Well, she said she's in. pre-law. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's,
1: that'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Hey, you, we all want our kids to be really successful and get fantastic careers so they could take care of us when we get old. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you what do you think the biggest spiritual lesson is that you've learned in these last eight years working as an office pride commercial cleaning service franchisee? Not to let
0: what's not to allow what's going on around me to affect my attitude. Never forget that God is on the throne. He hasn't changed. He's still in charge. Um, and to trust in Him and um, throw down my anchor of faith, actually, and trust in Him and and know things are going to get better. Like, what, what does that mean? I wish, I, yeah. hang
2: on, before you ask that question, I wish our listeners could see your face because it's very genuine. You know, when you're answering that and and you have a certain piece about you <laughs> in the midst of the hard work and all that it's taken to grow it. So I, I just think that that I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> So
1: I have no idea what my question was. What
2: does that mean? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, sorry, <laughs> I
0: guess from that perspective, when, when you're in a, when there's a lot of noise going on, whatever mm-hmm. that noise is, either you don't have enough people or you're worried about cash flow um, or you, you know, if you grow too fast, you can run out of cash and then you have to figure out something to do with that. So whatever the storm is, you, you just can't allow the chaos around you to affect your attitude mm-hmm. um, because the evil one wants you to be discouraged he wants you to fall down he wants you
1: to give up and you know that the lord is not going to let that happen and it's got to be but sometimes that's work following the lord and and listening for his voice it's work sometimes it is to have a daily time where you're spending time alone with him you know
0: it's it, i i don't do the morning i get up and i go um, but as i'm driving i'm in prayer as I'm at my desk, I'm in prayer. Um, and, and one of my recurring prayers is for the peace um, that surpasses all understanding mm. and not to allow my anxiety to have an adverse effect on the receipt of his grace.
1: Hmm. I love that. Talking with Scott Gibson. He's from Greenwood, Indiana. He's an Office Pride franchisee. And what I love about your story, Scott, is that you weren't, you didn't grow up in a family of entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, you weren't an entrepreneur. I mean, how old were you when you opened up your office pride franchisee A franchise forty three okay, it's so forty three years yeah. old. So you had a lot of years just being out there in middle management, mm-hmm. which is not bad. I mean a lot and that's why I want to make sure I brought up the point is that we got a lot of listeners who so I want to go back to what we talked about almost in the first segment of the show. We have a lot of listeners that are in the middle of an organization. they're often wondering, what can I do? I got to run my. If I run my own business, then I could impact culture. But as a middle manager, what what can I do? But the truth is, now that you've learned what you've learned through Office Pride, talk to those people that are in the grind, the daily grind. They're within an organization. They're deep in the weeds. Talk to them about the ministry that the potential that they do have. Well, you know, where there's a will, there's a way.
0: And and I think sometimes you, looking back, I would have taken more chances. Um, you know, you can take someone to lunch, you can, um, speak to somebody in a conference room, but if somebody's hurting, you have to worry about that more mm. than you have to worry about the potential that it can come against you and cause you to lose your job. Um, I think w- the fear that the evil one put on me was I had a young child. So if you lose your job, what, ha- what's next? But that's just a lack of faith. Really? You know, if you're going to witness for the Lord, he's going to protect you. And and if you suffer for His sake, you're blessed for that. So sometimes a blessing, a blessing from the Lord, sometimes looks like a slap, but it's a blessing.
2: Well, you know, and you emphasized just now the fact if somebody's hurting, then that needs to be your priority. Mm-hmm. And so many times, that's really where the opportunities come, don't they? We they are, do. when you are surrounded by coworkers or employees. Um, there's gonna, be, you know, people are messy. People have issues. People have things going on in their personal life. And so what do you see as a great way to minister to those people, even in your own business now, um, when you see them hurting and struggling with things?
0: I think anything they've gone through, you've gone through something similar. So you can you can kind of um, maybe gain some credibility with them because you have to get them to hear you. Mm. Because I'm sure a lot of people have given them advice <laughs> and and, uh, you know, the motherly advice or hey, you should do this, you should do that. But if you have a common ground, something similar that you've gone through, you talk about how the Lord helped you through it. And then they're like, well, I want some of that. Mm-hmm. And then that could open the door to open their heart to hear what, what the Lord has to say to them.
1: Mm. You said you spent a lot of a lot of years at that insurance company. Have you ever thought about going back and, and sharing with some of those people that you used to work alongside the story of what God's done in your life since then? The ones I worked closest with,
0: I'm in contact weekly, so,
1: so they've they have they've been following your story. They have,
0: yeah, you know, and they'll call and say, "Hey, how's that going?" I've always wanted to do that, you know, and some of them had toyed with it. Um, becoming independent adjusters in between uh, mm-hmm. employment opportunities so they got a little taste of it and then they went back into corporate america because of the uh, the benefits essentially
1: well the benefits and the security yeah. of it but that security comes with its own handcuffs right it does I mean, it, it's not it's not like any job is just perfect
2: so what it, you know this is a, a something fun we like to to talk about and I I wonder where you'll go with it if you could go back and look at yourself your younger you you know what would you say to yourself not necessarily a change in path or anything but what would you say to yourself to encourage yourself in this work journey
0: I've always said I wish I would have done this sooner Mm. I wish I would have done it in my 20s you know you're better physically in your 20s you don't (laughs) need as much sleep so I would have told myself take a chance and this, this opportunity would have been available in '92, I believe. So it would have it's been 20, great to.
1: Twenty-six years ago, yeah. something like yeah, long. Time. So we could have started it involved. sooner. Right. Wow. Very yeah. good. So, do you follow any leaders? Any leaders that are um, that are influencing people? Jesus-following leaders that speak truth into other leaders, like you, as a business owner, as a business tree owner. Do you, do you follow any specific ones? You know, when I think of um,
0: leaders that I follow, when I think of a leader, I'm impressed with leaders who have great communication skills mm. and who are able to communicate um, difficult, sometimes offensive things in an undifficult and an offensive way. And Lincoln is one of those guys. He was able to, um, to say things to people in a, in a, a humorous way. But those those ideals have stayed with this country up until today, in in many books. So that's really who I'm impressed with. He was a
1: powerful order, yeah, uh, and and yet he was a shy guy, and he made fun of himself constantly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we could use more presidents like that for Mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. So talk also talk to the franchise. Potential franchisees, listen to the show today. We have got lots of people listening that are thinking the same thing. Ah, I wish I'd have done this younger. I wish I'd have started over. Is there any time where it's just too late no, to get started? I don't think so. You know, we have franchisees that um, that start
0: up and they've retired. You know, I can think of two from um, Chrysler. Uh, I don't think it is because you, not everybody wants to be a large business. You know, you can be as small or as large as you want, and I don't think it's ever too late. As long as you're, you're you're able to swing a up and and those types of things, <laughs> swing them up, yeah. drag a
1: bucket around, all right? Can you swing a up, Jim? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd rather mop than dust for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not this much for true. dusting. You do
2: have your preferences. Right? <laughs> I really
1: don't <laughs> like the dust. Dust is frustrating because you can't ever get it all right,
2: and it makes you sneeze.
1: It does. Well, it does make me sneeze. All right, so. Let's just talk about the process of you when you became an Office Pride franchisee. How long did it take you from the day you decided to the day you actually swung your first mop, as you just said? How how long was it? I think it was a month. Oh, and pretty
0: fast then. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the beginning of December, and I started training on January eleventh. Wow. Yeah.
1: So it went fast. Yeah, it did. Any regrets at all? None. Nope. You never you look know, back and go, man, I miss that paycheck. I miss the, the
0: effects of bad decisions. I mean, I, I don't... I don't wish that on anybody. But that's how you learn.
1: So what do you mean you miss the effects of bad decisions? Why are you making bad decisions? You get the Holy yeah. Spirit you can, you can lean on.
0: Well, <laughs> sometimes you don't hear the Holy Spirit unless someone's there telling you what the Holy Spirit is telling them as well.
1: You have to listen. Uh, yeah. well said. You have to yeah. listen. Oh, that listening thing.
2: That is great. You miss the
1: effects of bad decisions, yeah.
2: So, you know, somebody may not be, they may be listening to the show today and they may not be looking for, to start their own organization. They may not be... Um, actually even very discontent with where they are but they may just not have taken some of the risks you know that um that god's put before them in different ways speak to them for a minute and just encourage them how they should be listening to the holy spirit
0: well i think you know when if you if you have a desire to -hmm. own your own business um you you list out what the reasons are you know if the only reason is that you want to make a lot of money um, I probably wouldn't take the chance. But if you want to have um, more of an opportunity to have an effect on your community, um, uh, a little more flexibility in your personal life as well, that, those are the reasons to go for it. Now, what will happen, the evil one will throw those fears in front mm-hmm. of them and what they're going to be giving mm-hmm. up. You know, and that pot of gold isn't really as big as you think it is because I've been um, purchasing my own health insurance since I think 2014. And it's not... That much different than having a company-paid um, program, the mm-hmm. way the uh, coverage is now.
1: Well, now you got all those uh, health Christian healthcare sharing opportunities right. too. I mean, that can take care of stuff. It that- that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so last question for you: books or resources? You mentioned that you were uh, uh, studying a book. Um, well, I mean, where do you go to get your best resources in order to feed into yourself?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I take my recommendations usually from my area developer or other franchise owners and what they're reading. And this year's book, and, and he's one of the speakers, um, Shep, um, I can't remember Shep's last name. Amaze How about every, H- Hiken? Hiken, yeah. Amaze every customer every time. Um, there were some great things to learn from that you know and and one of them was the internal customer experience affects the external I never even thought about the employee as an internal customer and that makes so much sense and you would think that that would be our main focus from day one but it's a struggle to remember that so that I think is very important because if if your employees are happy they're going to provide a better quality service to your customer hmm. because
1: they're enjoying being there and they're taking pride in their work. So what are you doing to keep your employees happy? Because I, well, I know you can't pay them 25 bucks an hour, so that could be the money part. What are you doing to make your employees happy?
0: That's one of the um, the to-dos I want to walk out of here with today. Um, before, prior to the retreat, we read it and we, t- and we listed five takeaways and that was one of my takeaways. And, and on the second line is basically okay, now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And my answer was Um, I need to find out what to do. And so I'm going to, this is one of those opportunities where I'm going to be talking to other franchise owners to find out what they do. And as a matter of fact, I think one of our breakout sessions tomorrow is talking about how to uh, uh, obtain and retain great employees. So so I think
2: we should get a follow-up just to hear what you take away and how you implement it maybe a few months from now.
1: Yeah, that would be a good one. (laughs) Scott Gibson, thank you so much for being an iWork for him today. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you very much. We appreciate much. it. We, we'd love, love to see whether your daughter becomes, you know, maybe a U.S. attorney or something with that law degree. Yeah, let's hope. And maybe she can just, I don't know, she can help you have 10 franchises one day. <laughs> but thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Make sure you check out Office Pride online, officepridefranchise.com, and check us out online, iworkforhim.com. Lots of great resources out there. And of course, you can listen to the show any time of day because we podcast everything. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work, work for him. him.
0: number four him.com